Protect your vacation investment with InsureMyTrip, travel insurance done right. From the people who know travel insurance, get a quote today at InsureMyTrip.com. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? I'm Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out Cruise Radio. If this is your first time listening, well, we have about 240 back episodes for you to listen to, so get with the program. Big show today. We'll have Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com stop by. She'll give us uh, some things to do in Rome when you're there for the day. Also, we'll get a review of Celebrity Century's seven-night California coastal cruise. But first, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. A big milestone reached today for Royal Caribbean, huh? Very exciting. The uh, water has been added, so uh, Quantum of the Seas is now floating. Very good. Just add water. Uh, we said it last week. What is it going to be, uh, November of this year? Yeah. I okay. mean, it's unbelievable. It's just uh, around the corner. So, uh, you know, we're going to be... Uh, Seeing her uh, no, in no time. Awesome. And looks like uh, another big milestone for Princess Cruises. Well, it, Doug, it, uh, believe it or not, we're almost uh, around 30 days before the uh, debut of Regal Princess. Uh, she should be uh, heading out of uh, Malfon Cone to do her sea trials uh, any day now. And so just so we know, Regal and Royal pretty much identical with some minor tweaks? Yeah, minor modifications, uh, rear, you know, aft pool and made some nice uh, adjustments to make uh, the ship a little easier to get around. Promenade, going to be a great ship. From the not-so-good news camp uh, tragedy, a Norwegian Cruise Line employee shot in Roatan, and it looks like Norwegian, at least, has canceled port calls. Is this going to be indefinitely? No. I mean, right now, they just canceled uh, the, the, the current sailing uh, of, of their ship to uh, Roatan. Apparently, the uh, killer is still at large. They did have two suspects. But uh, it didn't. It panned out. They weren't it. Wow. Very, very unfortunate. But we should also make it clear that with our passengers going to Honduras and other cruise lines, like Carnival has their own gated port, right? Ma- yes. Mahogany Bay. Yes. Okay. So it, it, it is a very safe for for them to go. And you know, if other cruise lines are at all uncomfortable, they 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 will uh, suspend calls to Roatan. And speaking of Carnival, it looks like Carnival is doing some unique 10- and 11-night itineraries out of Galveston and San Juan? Exactly, Doug. Okay. Uh, they've got two 11-night and two 10-night sailings. The 11-night uh, is going to go from Galveston to San Juan, and then the 10-night will be uh, San Juan back to Galveston. So they'll have a total of uh, four of these sailings to the Eastern and Southern Caribbean. So this will be hmm. the first time that they'll be able to do it on Carnival uh, from Galveston, and you know, as you know, Galveston is is so far west that the only seven night itineraries that it can do is either the Western Caribbean or the Bahamas. Yeah. So uh, this will be nice a nice test for them to see you know, to gauge uh, you know our, our passengers. You know, keep in mind that you know eighty eighty percent of the passengers that sail from uh, Texas live in Texas. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how well the Texans respond to this itinerary, and, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, they can do some uh, attraction from people, uh, you know, uh, on the West Coast as well to these longer-type sailings. Is uh, This is only a handful of sailings. Is Carnival still running a ship down uh, in San Juan full-time, like going to San Juan and Barbados and all those places? They are. Yeah, okay. Now it'll be on Carnival Triumph? Uh, Carnival Triumph, exactly. Okay, so that's all the fun ship 2.0 bells and whistles, so uh, at least you'll have some cool things to do while you have all those sea days. Yeah. Uh, 
So uh, moving on here, another paddle wheeler, but this time not in the Mississippi. We're talking about in the Northwest. Correct. And uh, this is uh, actually the former Empress of the North, and it's been laid up for about five years. Mm -hmm. It's nice. I mean, you know, the ship will be based up in uh, Vancouver, Washington, sailing, uh, you know, the, the Snake River. And um, it, it, should, uh, it should do very, very well up there uh, during its seasonal sailings. And our next talking point on the notes here, Stuart, uh, a lot of listeners emailing in and tweeting in Facebook uh, about this. We're seeing all kinds of, like, super hot deals for the summertime travel. Why, why is this? Because we're seeing deals that we weren't even seeing over the past four years. Well, I mean, you're seeing different, different types of deals, Doug, but also keep in mind that um, you know, they are offering lots of different amenities. And as we've talked about several times in the past, that a lot of times these amenities are masking higher prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, prices, you know, overall are, are a bit higher. And a lot of what they're doing is they are encouraging uh, a lot of onboard spending. So, I mean, they, they, they are offering great opportunities for people to go. Um, you know, never before have we had so many ships sailing to so many destinations uh, around the world, uh, the most unique sale we saw was you know Royal Caribbean with their really you know third and fourth passenger free uh, promotion, which ended uh, the end of March. Um, while theirs essentially was good on every ship except Quantum of the Seas, and uh, it did include some of the summer months, but you know the other other cruise lines that jumped into the fray uh, excluded the summer months, and they only had it on select ships. Mm-hmm. But I mean, overall, I mean, the deals. I mean, there are there are good deals. There's some good Alaska deals out yeah, there. But also take a look. I mean, you know, the pricing on a lot of the the cabins, especially you know the, the balconies, they, they are pretty high. I have a listener question from Charlie Jennings. He says, "Is MSC Cruises Kids Sail Free program really Kids Sail Free?" Well, it, it is. You know, it's what sixteen and under. But uh, you know, keep in mind, MSC has the fewest number of cabins that can accommodate three or four passengers. So it's not as easy to find cabins to add the third and fourth, um, but uh, it does get people to uh, you know, give them consideration for a booking. And uh, before we hop here, we have to say, it looks like uh, another ship coming to Port Canaveral, Carnival Sunshine, just left New Orleans a couple days ago. Yeah, and uh, she is going to be replacing Carnival Dream, which is going to be repositioning uh, to New Orleans. And uh, Sunshine, with all of her uh, enhancements and uh, upgrades, will be uh, delighting the passengers that sail out of uh, the Canaveral area. And also keep in mind that beginning May 4th, Carnival will have three cruise ships sailing year-round from Port Canaveral, which they've never, no cruise line's ever done that, bringing over 600,000 passengers annually to Port Canaveral. That's going to be uh, big stuff down there for those, uh, those hoteliers and stuff. Well, everyone's going to be really, really happy to uh, to get uh, more more people into the community. Absolutely. We'll see you next week, man. All right, buddy. How many times have you said, that'll never happen to us? Vacations are a big investment with both time and money, and they should be protected. For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip, visit InsureMyTrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. 
six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We always enjoy when travel writer Sherry Laskin drunk dials the studio because she wants to talk about Europe. Hi, Sherry. <laughs> you are starting over, right? Or is that my intro for the night? That is your intro for today. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. A little, little goofy after that one, but yeah, everything is great. Thank you. I have to say, Sherry, uh, on your website, cruisemaven.com, you recently pinned an article called Eight Hours in Rome, and I think everyone who does a Mediterranean cruise should read this article because the cruise ship, contrary to what people think, the cruise ship doesn't actually dock in Rome. It docks about an hour and 45 minutes outside of Rome in Shivashevekia. Did I say that right? Very good. I couldn't tell if it was the static on my phone, but it's <laughs> Shivashevekia. Yeah, correct. absolutely. So your article, Eight Hours in Rome, talks about the highlights, uh, what to see with only one day to explore. So, uh, Sherry, we're getting off the tour bus. We're actually in Rome. Where should we start? I always tell people, if you can take the train, and if you're brave enough to do it, that'll get you into Rome uh, to Termini Station in about 35 to 40 minutes. Uh, when you dock in Civitavecchia, you take a taxi to the train, and you can be on your way. Or you can take, like you said, the hour and a half or so bus ride, depending on traffic. Mm-hmm. Where should you Where should you start? Yeah. Well, wherever the bus lets you off, you're going to hit the ground running because the clock is the clock is just ticking away. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the main sites that you're going to want to see are going to be Trevi Fountain, the Spanish Steps, the Pantheon, and then if you can go a little further, Piazza Navona and the Colosseum, and then there's still some sites that are further out. But the good news is that more than likely, the, um, the bus or the train, you can get back your ship for an evening departure. Mm-hmm. They really allow plenty of time. It's the same when you go into uh, Florence and you dock in Livorno. So when you get to Rome, have a map and have a little plan. And if you're sitting on a bus for an hour and a half, you can certainly by that time know where the bus is going to stop. Look at your map while you're on the road and know exactly where you're going to go to as soon as you get off the bus. And Wait. if you're lucky, you'll even have time to take a quick coffee break at some point, which is almost as important as a gelato stop. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So let's back up a couple of steps then, Sherry. So if you're going to Trevi Fountain, the Spanish uh, Steps, is it possible to see that, the Pantheon, all of that, and go to the Vatican in one day? You have to make a choice. Okay. And and there are some great choices. Um, You can either, before your cruise, you can decide if you want to go with an independent tour operator, and they can get what's called a skip-the-line uh, tickets for you for the Vatican. If, if the Vatican is your thing, make a day of it. You cannot do both. Mm-hmm. And prearrange so that you don't have to wait in lines. And some of these um, companies, can I mention two? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Walk to Italy and Viator do great Vatican City tours. A Vatican, the building, the Sistine Chapel. Um, they even have, a, and it depends on how late your ship is docked, an hour and a half away, but they also have a, a round of 5 p.m. Uh, alone in the Sistine Chapel tour, which is just awesome. If it, you know, I'm, and I didn't really know what I was getting into, um, and there were five of us 
plus our guide, plus the Swiss guard mm-hmm. in the entire Sistine Chapel. You know, the 400 people that were there before us were escorted out, and we were there all by ourselves for about 30 minutes. It was pretty amazing. What a great experience. And I guess we should say if you're visiting Rome, especially in the summertime, it does get very hot there. Rome in August and July, it can be very hot. You know, some people have those little silly little fans with the water bottle <laughs> yeah. attached. They work. I've never bought one, South Honor, but um, they do help. And you may want to keep hugging the shade wherever you can find it. Um, and, you know, it used to be that October was empty all across Italy. Well, word's gotten out that October is a wonderful time. One thing I appreciate about Rome, especially in the dead of summer, is the underground aquifer that uh, that runs through the city, and it's fresh, drinkable water that comes out where you just fill your water bottle up. And you drank it, right? I do. Yeah, I bring a water bottle a water bottle with me every time I go to Rome. Do you not drink I look, it? I look at all those people filling up their water bottles, and I'm mortified. That's me. That I, I know. And everyone says it's wonderful, and you can drink it, and there's no problem. So I think I am inspired on my next visit this year to Italy, especially Rome, that I will try the fountain water. <laughs> we should probably say that when you're in Rome, wear comfortable shoes, too. Oh, wear comfortable shoes, wear layers. And speaking of that, um, if you're going to the Vatican, you really have to have your arms covered, mm-hmm. even if it's something sheer. And I think they frown on, on Bermuda shorts, too. Wow. Yeah, you don't have to have a head covering, but conservative dress is definitely um, required, and you may be turned away at one of the entrances if you're dressed inappropriately. I was going to say, so ladies, don't roll in there with uh, your your skinny tank top on and your uh, shorts riding up your butt then. So I guess I know where you're not going on your next <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it's funny because you know, I was just going to say you can put it into um, a little bag, but you have to check all your belongings, too. You can't walk around with um, anything, and you can't carry a bag or a backpack with you in, in the Vatican or especially the Christine Chapel. Well, Sherry, in closing here, do you have any been there, done that tips for Rome? Yeah, don't miss the opportunity. And, you know, if, if it is a trade-off between going to the Vatican and going to, the, going to Rome, you know, I think it might be a religious or an artistic preference if you want to see the, the, all the artwork at the Vatican. If you can go into the city, take your map, and really, it's not more than a five- or ten-minute walk between Trevi Fountain, the Spanish Steps, and even the Pantheon. And there's some great gelato places right in that midst in there, and you can get your souvenir postcards. You know, watch your pocketbook and your wallet, like you would in any big city. And then you could probably get a coffee and still have time to uh, meander around and and maybe just hop into a taxi to go over to the Colosseum. It's a little bit of a walk. It's definitely doable, but if you're getting tired and if you're there in the summer and it's hot, you know, don't overdo it, because then you'll be miserable the next day for wherever you have to go. Very good. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin about her article, Eight Hours in Rome, found at cruisemaven.com. Travel expert Sherry Laskin, thanks for spending some time with us tonight. Oh, thanks, Doug. It's always fun, and it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. We always love hearing about your cruise vacation. If you have one you'd like to talk about, email comments at cruiseradio.net. Uh, our next guest is no stranger to Cruise Radio. Dr. Chris Lapine Christensen just returned from a seven-night California coastal cruise out of L.A. But uh, before we get to the show, 
show, or before we get to the ship, rather, Doc, I want you to tell us about, uh, this is your 20th cruise, 20th year, well, you tell us what happened. Yeah, on our very first cruise, uh, was aboard Royal Caribbean's Viking Serenade, and I went into the travel agent, saw this great deal at the time, knew nothing about cruising other than the love boat got on board. We ended up in a bunk cabin, the smallest cabin <laughs> I had ever seen, but it was still the best cruise to date. Um, but the morning of that cruise, there was an earthquake, and it was the Northridge earthquake. That earthquake was so big that I didn't even know if you could get to the port. I mean, it was a massive earthquake. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that kicked off the first cruise. And then um, the night before this cruise, the 20th cruise, 20 years later, we had the, La, I think, a La Habra earthquake, which wow. is about 30 miles from the port of San Pedro or port of L.A. Um, so a lot of our international guests got a nice uh, little foot massage that day. Did you it feel a, it where you were? I did, actually, yeah. yeah. And wow. I'm, uh, I'm about 90 to 100 miles south of the port. Joke with my students, maybe this was a sign for the <laughs> d- dissolution of the marriage. Well, in 20 more years, you might want to reconsider taking a cruise and do something else to... Uh, to save the California from rumbling again. Yes. So what made you want to take this cruise? Because you live in California, and this pr- whole cruise was pretty much all California stops. Well, we often go once or twice a year up to San Francisco anyway. Okay. And California is a great place to visit. It was a nice way to see the state without having to drive and deal with traffic. Um, and a lot of people on the cruise actually said they wish they did more of these and did them all year long. We had people from Australia, um, Ireland, etc., and they found it a great way not only to explore the U.S., but to explore a great state. I have to say, because this is a rather, we'll get to the ship in a second, but this is a rather unique itinerary because this itinerary, there's no sea days at all. Am I correct with that? You are correct, uh, which is great for my wife. She actually dislike sea days. Me too. It was a little hard for me because I actually (laughs) like sea days because I like just to relax and have nothing to do. Um, Now, two of the days you do get into port later, so Mm -hmm. it was sort of like having a part of a sea day. For instance, you don't get into San Francisco until two in the afternoon and then you dock overnight. So you get basically two days in San Francisco and an overnight. And in Catalina, you don't dock until about noon. So at least you didn't have early mornings the whole cruise. So we'll call it a hybrid sea day. Exactly. There you go. So let's get to the ship itself. Uh, It was Celebrity Century. You embarked out of Los Angeles. How was the embarkation process? Uh, embarkation was fine. It's uh, We were at the Port of San Pedro or Port of L.A. World Cruise Center. It goes by many names. Uh, we had actually, we've cruised out of there quite a few times on either short three, four-day cruises or we did a Disney wonder out of there. So we're kind of familiar with the port. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't see as much traffic as it used to, so it was a little sluggish getting through, but even so, I don't think it took us more than a half hour to get aboard the ship, so it really wasn't bad at all. Once you got on Celebrity Century, what were your first impressions? Because this ship isn't going to be around for much longer. I was impressed with the ship. I mean, the ship is older. Mm -hmm. Um, I've actually been on newer ships that looked uh, to be in less good of condition. Uh I guess that's a weird double negative there or whatever. But uh, it looked a lot better than some newer ships I have been on. You made your way through the ship and into the stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have and what were your thoughts? Uh, We booked last minute, like within 60 days of the cruise. So um, 
choices were a little limited, but we got a midship inside. Um, it was about 170 square feet, which is good size for um, an inside. It didn't feel quite as large as some of the other insides we've had on other cruise lines, and I think that's with layout, but it had plenty of great storage, a good-sized bathroom. I had no complaints about the room at all. This ship doesn't have a lot of the new restaurants, but it does have a couple. What were your thoughts of the dining? Because I love the classic celebrity dining feel. It did get Murano back in 2006, so Mm -hmm. it did have a specialty restaurant, and we did dine at that restaurant. What would you think? Um... I would say it's the best specialty restaurant I've eaten at. That's the French um, one, right? Uh, yeah, it's kind of French. French cuisine. Content, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but their lobster Murano, they cook a lot of the dishes table side. It's a cognac, cream, Dijon kind of flambéed lobster dish was to die for. I was going to tell you, I had that same dish. My mouth is watering right now because I had that <laughs> on Celebrity Reflection back in 2012, and it was amazing. Uh, what did you think of the main dining room seating? Um. We had a rough time with our first service team, but uh, the hostess was gracious enough to find us another service team that was astounding. Um, I don't think I've had a better team once we found them. How was the food quality in there? Food was a little hit and miss. Mm -hmm. Um, At times, I had a, a veal shank that was phenomenal. I had a steak that was barely edible, so oh, it was boy. uneven overall. So that kind of surprised me that they would hit it out of the park with some entrees and just kind of foul out on other entrees. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, for as far as entertainment goes on this ship, uh, did you check out any of the shows or comedians? And if so, what did you think? I did. Um, the production shows aren't really my style, but mm. I have to say the entertainers are high energy. I got to meet some of them on one of the behind-the-scenes tours that they had for the Captain's Club members. They really are interested in performing a show that entertains the guests. They do these celebrity interactive kind of late-night dance parties, and mm. it was kind of neat to people watch to see how they get the audience members involved. I pull them out onto the dance floor in the lounge. So you could tell they really were about entertaining. The cruise director was phenomenal. He was always there when you got off the ship in port. He was approachable, always asking how your uh, cruise was going. Um, he used to be a stunt person and an actor, so he did a little Q&A on one early uh, afternoon. Did he have a real deep um, voice? He did. Um, I, I interviewed him on Celebrity uh, Solstice like four or five years ago. Great guy. Yeah, I can't, uh, I'm trying to think of a job. I'm drawing a blank um, right now, but he did some voiceovers for us whenever we first started okay. out. And, uh, yeah. there, it was like just that baritone voice was amazing. Uh, yeah. It made me look, look like a sissy with my voice. Uh, did your son go with you on this one? He did. Cool. He and did he uh, take part in any of the kids' uh, festivities? He did. This is his 11th cruise, so he's seasoned. Right. Um, at cruising, he took part in their activities, and I'm drawing a blank on what they call their kids' area. Um, but he had a good time. He actually cried the last night of the cruise oh, wow. that it was ending, <laughs> that he wasn't going to be able to see his friends. Oh, uh, man. The nice thing about it being a California coastal, there were a lot of locals. That's awesome, yeah. Um, so he did exchange phone numbers with a couple of the kids on board, and actually two of the kids on board go to his school. So oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, so he's that was kind of unique. He's in, a, in good company there. So exactly. uh, we'll talk about, you know, we, there wasn't any real sea days. We'll call them hybrid sea days. So how was the deck space outside um, 
Was there enough room to accommodate people? Yeah, I I didn't see any problems um, on the pool deck at all. Um, the pools were underutilized because the weather on mm-hmm. um, part of the itinerary was a little cool, but um, there was plenty of space, um, especially if you go up to deck 12 above the Lido. Uh-huh. Um, there was more space than you knew what to do with. I didn't see any bottlenecks anywhere. Very good. And I know you're uh, running short on time here, Chris. Let me just ask you, uh, bang through those ports one more time for us that you hit. Okay, we did Santa Barbara, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a tender port. Okay. A little rough just because they couldn't use both uh, tender docks or tender platforms on the ship, so it was a little slow getting passengers off, but that was the only hiccup along the trip. We then, the next day, went to San Francisco. We arrived about 2 o'clock when we docked. We docked alongside Queen Victoria, and both ships were there overnight. It was rainy, which was a little disappointing. Um, The good thing is the sun came out and the crowds were nowhere to be found, so we got to do a lot of tourist things that we normally wouldn't have done because the lines would have been too long. Uh Uh-huh. Um, cable car was there was no wait to take a cable car, which is unheard of in San Francisco. Oh, wow, yeah. In closing, uh, what's your takeaway from the California Coastal Cruise? It's a great cruise. I really wish they'd do them year round. Um, they did them once in the summer when there was a swine flu concern down in Mexico. But I really think they'd have an appeal to everyone, even those who live in California. It's a great itinerary. You do have to take a, um, that foreign port stop. So we did stop in Ensenada. Yeah. But we did our best tour, best valued tour ever in Ensenada for 32 bucks. We went to two wineries and I think sampled 12 different wines. It was phenomenal with food for $32. And if you don't like any of that, you always got a great ship to sit on and enjoy the food and the pool. Yeah, it's like a little resort itself. So uh, there exactly. you go. We've been talking with Dr. Chris Lapine Christensen over there in California. Welcome home, and thank you so much for spending some uh, time with me tonight on Cruise Radio. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it, and I always enjoy the show. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for checking us out, and if you want to check us out online or on social media, we're all out there. Just look up Cruise Radio. Also, uh, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, it's just cruiseradio.net slash iTunes or slash Stitcher. A review would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for making Cruise Radio a part of your day. I realize you have so many options out there, and uh, it just means so much that you choose Cruise Radio. From the insuremytrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the insuremytrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.